0: SheQuest podcast is heart-opening dialogues for self-identify women on a SheQuest, a movement moving forward, striving to live aware, bold, and whole. Welcome. Hi, SheQuest. Welcome to SheQuest podcast guest series. I'm your host, Estelle Thompson. This next series of podcast shows is titled Simply Radiant Heart." This month, we explore and dive deep in our physical and subtle energetic heart. How can we tend to our heart vital and pranic health? How can we keep our hearts open so that it doesn't become corrosive and cold and shut and closed? How can we access our hearts and develop a real intimate relationship with it? My hope is this, that through the podcast and our guests, this month you start tapping into the song of your heart and start seeing the necessity of listening to it also to reflect just how your heart can hold that all feelings of grief uh, and joy together and in the midst of it all to still let your heart lead the way today i'm just i'm so excited to have a uh, trista bloom sutton on the show and just as a stay-at-home mom, she's a lover of travel, aspiring home decorator and creative. She's still trying to figure out what she wants to be when she grow up. I love that. <laughs> she's a military spouse that recently re- relocated from Halifax, temporarily leaving behind her professional career with the Federal Courts Administration Services. Chista's yoga journey with me began over two years ago, when she decided it was time to take charge of her body again after having three beautiful babies. But what she ended up taking from those yoga classes was so much more than she could have ever anticipated. Uh, she's attended many of my offerings, included, you know, She Quest right now, but the summer schools as well, and most notably, the retreat in France last May, which was just so amazing, informative, nourishing, and reju- rejuvenating, to say the very least. After suffering personal strategies, these classes and courses have provided the tools to help her develop a grounding practice that has aided in easing anxiety and heal trauma and Trista speaking to us today live from Victoria and she her husband Chris and two sons Hudson and Oliver and her dogs
1: as well. Trista hi. Good morning or good afternoon I guess I should say. (laughs) I know we're coast to coast
0: apart now. I'm just you know on a personal level I'm just so glad like to have you on the show. I feel you've come like just so far, in a way, like on your quest, you know, it's such an honor to have you on. Just want to let you know that.
1: <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you guys this morning. Um, and
0: today, what makes you feel alive?
1: <sighs> well, and I, I've spoken about it before, I think, on our Zoom calls. But every morning I get up and, and I take this gift of time. I take an hour to myself before the rest of the house wakes up. And I go downstairs, and I grab my coffee, and I turn on the fireplace, and I sit, and I will do 10 minutes of meditation and just try and prepare myself for the day. Um, But in particular, this morning, I was sitting downstairs, and my my boys were awake in their room, and I could hear Chris go in and just kind of like quieting them down a little bit. And (laughs) I could hear him starting to sing a Nirvana song to them, (laughs) which... (laughs) (laughs) made me laugh out loud in the middle of my meditation (laughs) anyway so that made me very happy this morning when I heard that I oh my goodness I love that and I get that
0: so much like just the morning chatter like I I love that there was a moment last week where like I was watching the sunrise and I could just hear the little chatter going in the bedroom and like just this feeling of like, just gratitude. Yeah. just, I love that. And that you like start, you started bursting out loud in your meditation. That's awesome. Cause your know,
1: laughter is yoga too, you know? Oh, so much. So yeah, I, I enjoyed that. It was, uh, it was good. Nice. Made me smile first thing.
0: Yeah, amazing. And before we dive deep in our subject, which is really like, I I mean, you know, because you've taken so many programs with me, most notably the Anatomy of the Yogi's Heart, but our theme this month as is Radiant Heart. And within that theme, and I know you have a beautiful grief story that we've we've talked about that you're going to share. Can you just tell us a little your story, like where you grew up and... Like where you got where you got today. You know your she story.
1: Yeah, sure. So um, I grew up in a small town in the Annapolis Valley, a little farming community called Wilmot. Uh, my father was a retired, um, he was retired from the Air Force, and this is where they decided to settle. And uh, while living there, you know, you really embrace the the beauty of being outdoors. He loved to Farm. He had so many gardens that he loved to tend to. So, I really learned so much. I, I feel by by growing up there and having those experiences. When I grew up, though, there there you know there are very few opportunities for for work there. So I had to to go and, and move to Halifax and to to get a, a good job. And that's where I ended up meeting my husband Chris. I was friends with his sister, so it was uh, it was a bit of a fun story. And yeah, so he's in the Air Force as well, as you had mentioned in my bio there. Uh, I guess <laughs> it's k- kind of ironic, I suppose, how that happens.
0: Yeah, your father uh, and your husband ended up being in the Air Force. That's correct.
1: I guess I, I maybe I have a type. <laughs> Something about a uniform. I don't know. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, so I mean, Chris and I—we've been married now for over seven years, um, together for twelve. It's been a pretty wild journey, I guess. For the for the sake of our our content for today, I'm just I'm going to dive kind of right right into the heart of the story. So it was—it's seven years ago. It will be seven years ago in May. I was pregnant with our first child. I was so excited. We were having a little girl. And I was, you know, everything was going pretty well, the pregnancy, I was six months along, and I had to go in for a follow up ultrasound appointment, I'd had one two weeks prior, but they couldn't get the measurement that they needed. She was just not turned the right way. And so I went in, you know, into this pink, this pink room, this very pink room for the ultrasound with a big Monet print on the wall. I remember that specifically. And the tech uh, was doing ultrasound, and, and she left the room, and she was gone for quite a while. Chris and I were left there wondering, you know, gosh, what's going on? What's what's taking so long? And she came back with, uh, with the radiologist, and um, that's when they told us that they couldn't find a heartbeat. So that was... <sighs> <clears throat> It was just time stopped, I think yeah. for me in that moment. Um, yeah. you know that the things that I remember it's it's funny the things that you remember when you're when you're in that moment it's the little things I remember kind of jumping off the table and just getting all of that ultrasound goo just rushing to, to stop that moment, getting all the goo off my belly and just fixing myself up and uh, yeah so. It was, uh, I can't even, I can't even explain the moment, but after that, you know, they sent you up to another floor for another ultrasound, just to make sure that they haven't missed something. It's a more in-depth ultrasound, and I just remember everybody being so kind, and I remember all of the doctors and their nurses' names that were, were helping me out that day. They were... Just so sweet, and just trying so hard to to make it easier on us as as best they could. And here I was trying trying not to make them feel bad. I didn't want anyone else to feel bad. I was, you know, mm. trying to be strong for everyone else, which is something I find that we we like to do. And I didn't want anyone's pity. The way we react is often. Or the way I react, anyway, is often not how I expect I would I would typically react in a situation like that. But they sent us home. They didn't want to go ahead with anything that day. So they sent us home. And my, I remember my mom was at our house that day, too. And she was so excited to hear about the ultrasound. And I came through the door and just you know, crumpled into a heap in her arms. And, you know, it was... It was just such a heartbreaking time for for everybody. Uh, so many, so many hearts were broken that day. And we were home for three days, three days I was sitting at home with the knowledge that I'm carrying this, that's awful to say, but this little baby, and she's she's dead, she's gone, and I'm still very much pregnant. And it just, every time I looked at myself, you know, you just get so sad yeah. and people were coming to visit and people were sending flowers and you're just sitting in your living room with all of these beautiful flowers around and trying to be strong for everybody else and just not really looking after yourself, just trying to look after everyone else. But I, I feel like that was just my way, of, my way of coping at that point. So we finally... Finally, after the, the third day came, my husband called the hospital. and He's like, you know, enough is enough. We're, you have to get us in. This is we're, we've been sitting at home, just waiting for the phone to ring. And every time the phone rings, our hearts jump. And we wonder if today is the day that this is going to happen. So we finally got into the hospital and, and that's when, you know, that's when things progressed rather quickly. I think One of the things I found really frustrating about about the process was that after every after everything was said and done, I don't believe a lot of people really understood what it was to to be six months pregnant and and lose a a child like that. They didn't understand the process. And I guess if you never had the experience yourself or knew someone who did. Really, why would you? So I, I actually, I wrote a poem about the experience to help people understand it. Cause I think that was one of my biggest frustrations. And when I started my, my journey, um, when I started my journey two years ago, which I will dive into a little bit more later, but this is when I, I wrote this poem. So as I mentioned before, it's been seven years now, but at the time when I wrote this, it was, it was five years, five years ago today, I had been sitting at home for three days, waiting for a call to be admitted to the hospital. Five years ago today, I was finally seated in a delivery room that had a purple card on the door, which told everyone that a baby was being born that wasn't going home. Five years ago today, I tried to concentrate while a sympathetic nurse explained procedure and what to expect. Five years ago today, I lay shaking in a labor and delivery bed, wearing a blue tank top, silver necklace, and the same pearl earrings that I wear every day. Five years ago today, I told myself that I was happy for all of the mothers and fathers in the ward as I listened to all of their beautiful newborn babies cry. Five years ago today, I coiled and cried in agony over the physical pain of labor, which would have no reward at the end. Five years ago today, I was so thankful to have a husband that sat by my side and held my hand through hours of labor, despite the fact that my body had failed us both and took a life that we so desperately wanted. Five years ago today, Miran Rose was born and I held her tiny and perfectly formed body close to mine. She looked so much like her father. Five years later, I've been blessed with two wonderful boys that I believe to be walking miracles. Five years later, I am thankful every day for their health and happiness. Five years later, I will never forget five years ago
0: today. Full body shivers. (laughs) Hey there, interrupting this incredibly heart-opening conversation to let you know about my new art channel. If you are listening to this podcast as a SheQuest member, this feature is included in the membership sisterhood community. Yay! More than eight 21 days of mindful art classes and curated topics for each class, such as 21 Days of Birds and Butterfly, 21 Days of Women and Power, 21 Days of Love and Loss, Earth and Sky, and so on. This year, I'm running a year-long 112 Days of Painting Meditation, where I will upload nine paintings a month inspired by the Radiant Sutras, together inspired by mindful artists from all over the world. We paint thousand-year-old yogic principles and enter a gateway of wonder and awe. If you aren't part of the membership and would like to try the art channel and meet its community, this option is now available. Use the coupon SHEART. That's S H E A R T to get one month free and tell the women you know and love about this outstanding opportunity to develop a home art practice. Chic West membership stores will open again soon, but until then, enjoy my art channel and say yes to creative living, yes to painting for joy, and yes to connection. Now back to our ever-expanding and electrifying conversation. It must have been so cathartic to write.
1: It was. It was just really nice to be able to to share that, um, because when I talk to people afterwards, they I don't know what they thought would happen if the baby just disappears, or I mean they don't understand that you still have to go through. A lot of people didn't understand that you still had to go through the process. I mean yeah. that every other mother has to go through when you're delivering a baby, and it was it was just really frustrating for me.
0: Oh, and that was. That was seven years ago. We're almost May now. So that's seven years ago this year. It is. When do you think, because you must have been in shock for a long time.
1: Yes. Yeah. I mean, my way of dealing with it, though, was very much get back to normal. Yeah. So push it, push it aside, push it down. I was entitled to 18 weeks of leave. I was still considered to be able to have maternity leave. um, But I, I took two weeks off of work. And then I went back. Uh, I didn't take the time to process the things properly. I just, I just wanted to forget it. I just wanted to to move on, and I just didn't want to hurt. And maybe a shock of it is part of it too. Maybe I, it just was disbelief, and and that could very well have also been part of the reason for for dealing with it in the way that I did. But I, I think it was just.
0: And remember, Trista, that was that was for you. That was what you needed
1: to survive, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, i i I don't think I was in a place at that time to be able to to process it and and deal with it as as I was able to later on. I, I wasn't ready.
0: Oh wow! And when do you think? When do you think you truly like kind of awaken to? like the pain of, of losing your baby girl? When do you think that happened? Was there like a defining moment or it was more
1: like just day by day? Well, for, for me, it was it was kind of crazy. I was, I was forced into an awakening, really is what happened. Two years ago, we were traveling to Newfoundland or New Year's, which we often do. And we had a severely turbulent landing. We dropped from the sky twice. And my boys were on the flight with us, and, and I just remember seeing their little faces, and I, I thought we were going to die, um, and I thought my boys were going to die, and it triggered something in in my amygdala, which I discovered later, and I started having these anxiety or like panic attacks, and I'm not an anxious person, I never have been up until that point. If someone had asked me, you know, do you suffer from anxiety? Have you ever? I honestly could have said no, never. And it would happen when I was out having fun, if I'd had a glass of wine or if I was out late and I would come home and I would get these full body shivers um, and I couldn't concentrate on anything and it would happen at night and I would get up and I would try and go turn the TV on and and try and focus on something else. And I I couldn't and TMI, I would have to run to the bathroom several times and it's like, what is this that is going on with me? So I finally, I had a referral I, I to go see a, a psychiatrist and, and she was wonderful. And she sat down with me and listened to my stories and was trying to get to figure out this puzzle of what was going on. And she came to this this conclusion after our second meeting together and it kinda of blew my mind. And she said, you know, do you realize that all of this, the symptoms that you're talking about right now that you're having the, the shaking, you know, you had shaking uncontrollable shaking when you were in the delivery room with Marin and the not being able to concentrate, you know, it was very much like that for you. And, and the elimination is a metaphor for perhaps labor and delivery. Like what, what if this is
0: also, uh, you know, it's loss of control too, you know, hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: It, and I was like, well, I guess, you know, any, anything is possible. I'm At this point, I was just kind of happy to have some some sort of a, an explanation or an idea of what it could be. I just I, I was grasping this. Like, this is not the way I wanted to live my life. This was not going to be my new normal. Oh, my gosh, Estelle, I, I, I shit you not. I went home that night. <laughs> I went to bed and the wildest thing happened to me. I was lying in bed and I started having contractions. It was beautiful, like they weren't painful, but my stomach just started contracting. And I was like, okay, this is a sign. This is a this is a sign that I'm I'm ready. I need to move on. And it only happened once. That was the only time it ever happened. I'm like, okay, this is it. Um, so from then on, you know, I really embraced meditation. Um, especially before bed, at that point, to calm and and relax uh, the the journey. I mean, it was really wonderful timing. The the she quest that was the first summer school you had. The journaling that summer was. I learned so much about myself, uh, and that I'd never taken the time to stop and ask those questions before. It was just it was a big learning process about myself and.
0: Oh, sorry. I just I'm just so almost like fascinated of like the it's not even I feel a coincidence that somehow we were meant to meet each other. And like, you know, almost like I attracted you in my life, you know, you attracted me in your life, you know, just because our stories are just so kind of intertwined. not the same at all, but like intertwined, you know. Absolutely, in a way. yes, yeah. I and yeah, I hope you don't mind, but I, I, I might have shared this at the France retreat, but like I'll always remember that. Like, there's these moments with some of you guys in Chiquis that I remember, like these mini awakenings. Like we often talk about, like Heather's story, you know, in workshops, and you like coming to me like after class at the Cabay Hall, and like basically like telling me your story and telling me you've had like terrible anxiety and and me telling you like well you're grieving trista (laughs) like you know like you're you're grieving your little girl you know and you just standing there and being like could this be really that like it's been so long you know it's been like five years like how can this be and it's like, no, like it's it's coming up now. Like it's a good thing. I think I even told you that I was like, no, it's a good thing. I mean, yes. I remember that. Yeah. I'm like, how is this a good thing? <laughs> <laughs> because it's and I um I didn't know about the the contraction, but that, you know, to be transformed or to, to start a process of awakening, it's like a birth, you know? And (laughs) it's just so symbolic that you would have started having, you know, contraction and being like, okay, I need to be birthed into my core truth. And it's, it's hard, you know, with grief and coming from personal experience where like, you'll, you'll never let it go. You know, you're This is something that's happened to you that you'll live with your whole life and Meryl's with you your whole life. And that's comforting on one hand and the other hand is almost haunting you know and so how can you let go of of that grip without like you'll never forget her you know
1: no and you never want to you never want to forget that experience
0: um and every grief is so complex but anyway to just go back like i just remember that moment it was such a beautiful moment for me to witness like just you were just so your eyes were just like so open wide and you were just like oh is this this could be happening and it was almost like you knew but you i i almost had to tell you so so that it was like clearer for you you know
1: Yes, well, I mean, you have a different insight into it than I do, um, and I, I like the way that you look at it too. Is as you know, when those contractions for me, I was kind of looking at it as as a closure. But you're right; maybe perhaps it is more of an it is more of an awakening than a closure. Well,
0: it's like something dies to be like birthed again. You know, mm-hmm. um, uh, I just and how like how do you feel now? Like I know you. Like you participated in the Chicquest and very heavily involved, and then you you had to move, but then you you went to France before you moved to BC, didn't you?
1: Oh, I yes, I did. I was like, I, I need this. I am going to
0: France. Yes, and I and it was last May, and May is the month that Meryl was born, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, Marin was born um, May 27th, and we showed up at the retreat on May 26th. Oh my God. And her we had this big theme
0: where we called ourselves Sisterhood of the Roses. And our second name is Rose, isn't it?
1: Yes. Oh my God. Oh. That was so crazy. That was so crazy. And we were sat in that circle and yeah. there roses everywhere. It was it was meant to be. I mean I, I completely believe in fate and that things happen for a reason, even though we don't always understand what those reasons are when they happen. Um, but there's a there's a bigger picture. there's a, a bigger story um, unfolding. And yeah, I will always, I will remember that in that circle forever.
0: Uh, that's so, so beautiful. And so let me ask you, like, if somebody, that had lived through. So, because like, you know, women that listen to this podcast, like, for sure, there's some, like, it happens more than than we know. And as you know, a bit part of my mission, like, not just with Cheek West, but like just my work, on, you know, out in public, it's really about like grief activism and shedding a bit more light on, you know, what happens, whether it be infant loss or, you know prenatal loss of all kind like if somebody would come up to you and i'd live through what you went through is there anything you would you could tell them to be like how can i you start and engaging with what's in your heart you know that grief that's in your heart is there anything you would tell them
1: i think i would just you know and and it's easy to say now uh, years later but Sometimes you just have to sit with it and you have to be honest to yourself. Give yourself the time you need and the space you need to, to grieve. I mean, you're allowed to do that for yourself and, and for others. I mean, you're not the only one and everybody does it in their own way. Um, so, yeah, just feel free to do whatever you need to do to to get by but but just make sure that at some point you you take the time to sit with it you you absolutely need to process what has happened you can't push it down it's yeah and,
0: and I love that there's a part of your story Trista. like I love that you like you could have still decided to not look at your anxiety or not look at your nightmares or not look at your like you know, the fact that your belly was all just having a time, like you could have chose still to not look at that, you know, that you woke up with these signs. I think a lot of times our bodies give us signs, you know, that'd be like, like, you need to look at this, you know?
1: Very much so. I mean, I, that was a very clear sign to, to, I mean, I didn't understand it at the time and no. it, it took some, some help to figure it out. But once I did, I was like, oh yes. Yes, this absolutely this is what is happening and now we just have to sit with it and and figure out what this means for for me.
0: And let's go into a bit more cuz you've talked a lot about your daily kind of soul practice, but um I know you love to wake up in the morning like earlier than the household and that's like really worked for you journaling as really work for you and you you saw I don't I'm not sure if you go to therapy anymore but you did seek you know to go to therapy and that worked for you are there any other things like you do daily just that, that like really just helps kind of nourish
1: uh well we did talk about journaling um and I know Heather is she has a daily journaling practice and I really admire that I'm, I'm not that disciplined yet I think it's a wonderful, but I'm not there. Um, I do though one thing I love to do, and, and I started this after going to your yoga classes and although I used to curse it when I started, and when I was driving to your classes, I'd be like, What's that? What's what's good today, Trista? What is <laughs> what is good today? Come on, you've got to think of something. But it's um, I do that every night now. And if I am too tired to write it into my journal I will pick three things and I'll just lay in bed and I will think back on the day. And what were those three things that I'm grateful for today? Because, and especially those days that everything went wrong or everything seemed to go wrong. Those are the days that I really, I need to pick something. And there is, there are always three good things, you know, and more, uh, that helps me a lot. And and that is a big source of my happiness right now, just because life is chaotic. And sometimes you just need to, to change your mindset. And, and look for the good instead of the bad. And I find that that has been very helpful for me also.
0: Yeah. And it's a it's a muscle, you know? And I think, I, I love that you said you used to dread it um, because, like, I I don't dread it as much, but I used to dread it too. And I think once we're not, like, just the muscle when we first start to do it, it's just, like, it's just weak, right? But once we do it like every day, it just gets just stronger, and the clearer the conduits, like to get there, it's just so much easier now. There's like, you like three three things is like not enough, right? <laughs> um, and there, yeah, some days it's not. Yeah. But it's
1: a good way of looking at it.
0: And I just want to mention to anyone listening to Trista and I are recording this. We're in the midst of a pandemic. Most of uh, most of us are isolated in our homes with family members and our kids. Uh, So it's, it's been like a really global crisis uh, for, I mean, as an entire, it's a global thing just to revert back on what you were saying. If I don't journal like three things, you know, what's good today, what I'm grateful for, what makes me feel alive. I've been doing it with my husband and my son, you know, like just at dinner and be like, okay guys, like what was good today? Um, and it's something you can instill in your kids like so, so easily, you know? And I do that with
1: the boys on occasion. My boys are four and five. And so um, usually before they go to bed and it's not all the time. And I've fallen off the wagon recently to be honest, but I have done it and and they love it.
0: Yeah, um, we, we we do it every day when we're on vacation. <laughs> but then I was like, uh, it needs to extend to when we're not on vacation because, like, we're <laughs> grateful, you know. <laughs> like, I'm so grateful I'm on vacation right now. <laughs> like, I know, like, how easy it is to do this exercise with, like, you know. But I think we started doing that because it was the, on vacation. It's like you're together, you know, when you're, it's, like, daily life. You're not always together. But now because nobody goes to work, like, I mean, you know, I work from home and whatnot, but Scott usually is at work from 9 to 5. Uh, it's been like, okay, like how can we bring more meaning into this situation? That's really, ca- it's super crappy. And, uh, and it's, it's so little and yet so powerful. I love that you said that. And so let's go ahead. And are there things like you do? I know you do
1: yoga. Do you do yoga in BC in Victoria too? I do. Well, I was going to the Y here doing yoga, but of course, you know, with if- with the the pandemic of course nothing is open now but it's it's great I've actually started doing some yoga at home and of course I do some of your yoga through um through SheQuest as well yeah but I have I've got Chris doing some yoga in the evenings now with me because it's a little bit easier to get motivated when there's two of you doing it so yeah that's been fun I'm super proud to have partnered with Hippie, a Canadian
0: skincare company, and offering you 30% off all their products. I've been using Hippie, Groovy, Glow, Pore Hustler, and Jomo Mask, and I've completely fell in love with this not only natural clean, but sulfate free alcohol-free, and did I say Canadian product? Hippie's mission is to simplify your skincare routine and bring practical, effective solutions to your moody skin. Their belief is that feeling beautiful in your own skin is a right, not a privilege. Hippie's offering SheQuest podcast listener 30% off with the coupon SheQuest30. Go to www.hippies. That's H I. PBees.com and claim your 30% off any product in their shop today. That's SheQuest 30, S-H-E-Q-U-E-S-T 30. I'm really excited to bring this mindful and sustainable plant-based skincare in the SheQuest family. Enjoy
1: glowing skin. Bye get a yoga
0: date with your husband.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's something that we can do together. And yeah. So, um, and my boys, I get them to do yoga. Um, so yeah, so I do yoga and the gratitude, the meditation. Another thing, I mean, that I, I love to do, I have music on all the time. Just my boys would be like, oh, is this your calm music? I'm like, yeah, mommy needs calm music right now. So <laughs> this, is, this is what it is. And oils, I diffuse oils. Just, I think that creating a space to just incorporate those things. To, your, your home should be a place that you're happy to be all the time. I, I feel, and it's those little things that make your soul happy. So yeah, those, those are some of the things that I do for myself and getting into nature when, when we can, we're very fortunate here in BC. There are so many places that you can go and and paths and trails and beaches and And we're just really fortunate that we can still, even during the pandemic, we can actually still get out and social distance, of course, but we are still able to get out and enjoy those things together as a family.
0: I love that. So many tools there. Awesome. That's awesome. Okay, Trista, the last questions are rapid fire. Are you ready?
1: I'm so ready.
0: (laughs) So ready for this.
1: Do you have a favorite mantra? Um, Be here now. Yay! and the first one that I went to at one of your first classes it was the first one you had and I was like this is so poignant. it makes so much sense because we spend so much time looking forward or looking back
0: yeah it's a it's pretty like a basic like I revert to that one like over and over again so that's good a favorite flower
1: wild roses are my favorite flower so many in France. Oh Oh my God. So many. But isn't it really, so kind of crazy how they grow, and I spent a lot of time in Newfoundland when I was growing up and even in Nova Scotia. Wild roses, they can grow anywhere on rocks and in the fog and they just, they thrive no matter what and I find that's Really beautiful.
0: Flowers are such great signs of resiliency, that's for sure. Uh what about and we can perhaps keep to the theme of our conversation, but maybe a favorite book that you've read about grief, uh or loss or anything that or even just
1: anxiety. I I haven't, to be honest with you, I haven't read too many. I probably should have read more. <laughs> maybe in the beginning that would have been helpful. I haven't really really read too much in the way of of grief and loss i'm reading a book at the moment though it's called girl wash your face which by rachel hollis and i'm sure i mean it's been out for a couple of years now a lot of people have probably read it it is it's actually kind of about limiting beliefs which we you know one of those things that we had talked about or um before and i love it because she's honest like she is talks about all of it and it's very relatable there's something in there, I think for everybody. And one other book that I really love that I have to mention is the woman's book of courage by, I love that one. Yeah. There's so much to take from that too. And it's a, it's a easy, it's a small read. And, you know, if you don't have a lot of time, you can pick it up, read a couple of pages and put it down and come back to it later. There's also something in there for everyone. Sue Patton fuel.
0: I think. do love that you mentioned limiting beliefs because even like you know it took you like four or five years to be like to to slash that limiting belief that you did not have time to sit down and process you know that's a limiting belief you know oh, um so i have that book as well i i should i've i've just skimmed it but i should definitely like go and read it from the fridge page to the to the end so girl wash your face i love that yeah
1: um, how about a favorite podcast? <laughs> oh, oh well, I mean, of course, your podcast oh. still—it's <laughs> yeah. wonderful. You have so many uh, wonderful interviews on here, and of course, I think like a lot of other people too. Oprah's Super Soul Sunday is just—she has so many inspiring people on there. Also, um, just good, good stories. I mean, that's that's what I like to listen to. Awesome, and a favorite treat. I, I'm not a big sweets person, I suppose, but maybe I I would pick a butter tart. I feel like that was the reason I gained a ton of weight when I was in my first year of university. Yes. The butter tart. Eating butter tart? For like every day for breakfast, I think. That's what happens when you first leave home.
0: I actually love cake so much, like in the morning with coffee. Oh, so good. that sounds wonderful. (laughs) Um, So the last question—it's a—it's a a loaded question—but I have a faith in you, and it just kind of wants to bring everything that we've talked about back into a conclusion. But knowing what you know about the power of grief and self-expression and the radiant heart, what do you wish women to know about its magic?
1: It—it has the power to be transformative, if you allow it to be. It has changed me and who I am. The things that I appreciate and I don't take for granted. I, I look at life in a different way now. I, I would love to have my daughter with me and I, I miss her terribly, but I have also learned so much in losing her and the things that I appreciate like like my boys, um, things that I just don't take for granted anymore that, that I have done in the past. And that's a blessing in, in, yeah. in disguise. It's a blessing in disguise, but there's there can be something positive that you take from from your experience. I
0: I get that so very much. It really just goes straight through me. Just I understand that so much.
1: Where can we find you and how can we support you? Well, I'm not, uh, I guess, I don't really have much going on at the moment, but if you want to follow my my BC journeys, um, I'm on Instagram at Trista Bloom Sutton. And on Facebook as well, you can find me there. So, yeah. And Trista paints these
0: amazing canvases now. Like, (laughs) seriously, like, (laughs) I love when your bio said, like, you're, like, an inspiring, like, decorator. I was like, can you do something in my house?
1: (laughs) Oh, I would love to. Send me in. I just have so much fun with picking colors. And I love designing and decorating homes so much. That's the best part of moving. It's the greatest.
0: Well, I'll take a little credit for your love of
1: colors and whatnot. But. absolutely can. You can take some credit there.
0: <laughs> oh, Trista, such a delight to have you on the show. And thank you just so much for sharing your story so openly. And I think this conversation will help so many women, you know, struggling with the loss of a baby. And it's, a, it's an important conversation, important story. Thank you for giving it to us.
1: Well, thank you for having me. And, and I just like to say, too, I mean, if there's anybody out there who, you know, has their grief story and if they, they need to talk or, or want to talk or, you know, want someone who understands, I'm I'm available. I am. We're here to help one another. And and I'm here.
0: That's right. Ah, beautiful invitation. Thank you so much. Have such a great day. See you, you. soon. Bye. You. Bye.